drop. Hey, Idaho Dems, welcome back to another episode of ID Pod, where we talk about Idaho politics and how it affects you, the voter. I'm Lindsay Johnson. I'm Jesse Maldonado. And today we have a very special episode where we talk with Ada County Clerk Phil McGrain, who is a drumroll Republican. <laughs> our, the shortest drumroll I've ever been a part our of. Drumroll, just long <laughs> enough to say the word drumroll. Yes, yes. Um, our first one, and I don't know, who knows, maybe we'll have more someday. Um, but we were very grateful yeah. that Phil agreed to come on and chat with us about the state of the presidential election this year. Yeah, it was uh, just, <laughs> there's so much going on this year. There's a lot and, to cover. Uh, you know, we are recording this the day after Donald Trump basically said that he's not sure if he's going to accept the results of the election and be willing to go about a peaceful transfer transfer of power. So that's it's very interesting to talk to have that happen and then talk to the county clerk of the largest county in Idaho talking about how you count elections and yeah. like how you count you know votes and run elections and stuff. It's just there's there's so much going on and it seems never ending. But it was great to have Phil on today because he's so we're really lucky that he's a, that he works Willing, with us. Yeah. Yes, um, you know, friendly to to both parties. Even though he is mm-hmm. a Republican, um, I think his end goal, regardless of the outcome, is to just make sure that votes are counted. Yeah, he does his job, which we really appreciate. Um, but yeah, like Jesse said, we're forty days out and temperatures are rising. <laughs> we're starting to really feel it. Um, I'm sure, you guys all all are too. And anxious to vote right so we go over a lot of stuff and we hope that you'll listen and pass it along to your other idaho voting friends and a very preferably democrats yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know maybe there's republicans that want to come over and join us this yeah, year hopefully of course. but uh something i think we all can enjoy republican or democrat is phil being a competitive barbecue chef yeah. um he shares a recipe in today's episode that you do not want to miss well he shares a an item oh an item he yeah, doesn't yeah, necessarily yeah. go into yes. the recipe but yeah, we would i would have happily sat here and listened to that i would have too he, the he, extended he, version <laughs> he talks about one of his favorite things to cook competitively and um it's fascinating and i might give it a try this weekend so. yeah yeah definitely there you go so we hope you guys enjoy this episode and we'll see you afterward Bill, our first question that we ask every single guest on our show is what their favorite potato dish is. As as an Idaho podcast, what is your favorite? And as a guest on the podcast, what's your favorite potato dish? My favorite potato dish? Um, I love potatoes, that's for sure. <laughs> we hope so. I will say I've competed making a, a twice-baked potato that I've smoked when I've done barbecue competitions. Yeah. yeah. So also, you know, that that's what's coming to mind, mainly because I've done it when I've competed. Sure. We were actually, that leads in perfectly because we were going <laughs> to do a gotcha about this competitive side of yours with, <laughs> with barbecue. There's no gotcha. I know, we were like, I do. If I, okay, good. If I'm with Nate Shellman, it devolves into barbecue every We did time. not know that about you. I did not you. know that at all. That's fascinating. No, we were like so <laughs> excited to talk about this. Um, yeah, so I guess that answers the other question, yeah, which go. was what was the favorite dish that you've made when you competed? Is that your favorite? Oh, I mean, no, barbecue is my favorite. Well, of course. My, my most unique one is I, uh, you know, when there used to be like cupcake wars on yeah. television. Oh, and I stuff, was obsessed with that so show. I, yeah. <laughs> all right. So you'll appreciate this. I have made and won with a barbecue cupcake. Wow. Where I use a cornbread muffin. And I hollow it out, put some baked beans and pulled pork in it. Yep. And then pipe uh, mashed potatoes mm-hmm. on the top to look like frosting. 
mm. with some barbecue sauce drizzled on. So it's a savory cupcake. Maybe like, yeah. Ooh, now uh, I'm like <laughs> using my imagination. I'm like, maybe like some sweet pork on uh, the top of it. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. It's 930, right? but I'm ready. I'm yeah. ready for barbecue now. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. A little different side of Phil McGrain. I, I didn't know. I, was, I didn't know either. <laughs> just doing some research last night and found that that was a... Uh, that was part of your your past and I guess present too. So fascinating. Yeah, it is. Yes, Very I love cool. to cook. That's Very cool. so cool. Here. Phil, for our listeners, um, we have listeners throughout the entire state. Can you just give us a quick little background about you, how you got to where you are right now, um, and you know who who is Phil McGrain? Uh sure. I'm a fourth generation Idahoan. So I grew up. I was born in Pocatello, but grew up in Southeast Boise. I've uh, spent a lot of my life here. Um, I'm fortunate. To, I'm blessed with great parents. My dad helped start both Life Flight and Air St. Luke's here. And so a lot of my childhood is related to my parents are nurses, my wife's a nurse. Uh, so around kind of the hospital systems here in Boise. Um, I fell into my, you know, not the role I currently hold, but right out of college, I graduated from the University of Washington. And uh, my wife and I moved back to the area and I got a job as an election specialist. So back in 2005, I was the person training and recruiting poll workers. Huh. Uh, in some ways, not that much different than what I'm doing now. I'm just not the one actually doing the trainings. You know, there's other people in the office who hold my old job. Um, but I got in, stumbled into elections, just like many of us do. Uh, when Dave Navarro was the clerk here, um, I subsequently, you know, I did that for a couple of years. Then I went off to law school, uh, and I was recruited back here. So I, I both finished law school at the University of Denver and then finished my master's in public administration at Boise State. And I was the chief deputy here in the office for eight years under Chris Rich uh, when he was clerk. And then, as you guys are well aware, I ran for clerk and was mm -hmm. elected two years ago um, to serve in this role. So I've had a lot of experience here throughout the office. Sure. Um, but elections is where I started. So elections, it's one of those, it's the highest profile function of the clerk's office. Mm -hmm. So it's what most, you know, where I interact with the Democratic Party, for example. Uh, but it's actually one of the smallest divisions of the clerk's office. Mm. Um, we do so many other things. And as I like to say, we're kind of the wheels and the cogs of county government. We're behind the scenes making things happen. So the courts is one of our biggest functions. But we do a lot of those tasks that you think a clerk might do, you know, whether it's licensing or handling money, doing other things or behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And so I love the diversity of the role. Um, and I love the opportunity to help make elections possible. Um, it's one of those magical things that happens to be able Everyone goes to the polls, they sign in the poll book and they vote and they don't see all the things that go on behind the scenes to make that happen, right? It's just kind of like at Disneyland, there's a ton of people <laughs> behind the scenes mm -hmm. making it yeah. all work and election day is kind of like that. Obviously we had a special session recently. Um, that was a pretty big happening here in Idaho. Uh, so would you mind giving us kind of a quick recap of what happened this year um, regarding the election and ballots and how that all panned out oh sure uh, maybe because uh, in terms of my background just realizing uh, one thing I should add particularly probably for your listeners is the I guess I like to say acknowledge the elephant in the room uh, <laughs> I am the Republican elected yeah. clerk here in the county uh, you guys know that uh, I know <laughs> that I think it's Im important for uh, this audience in particular to recognize you know, particularly Jesse, you and I communicate fairly often. Mm -hmm. um, I've communicated really well with your predecessor, 
Um, and I think having that partnership between the party and our office, like we really are committed sure. uh, to making sure the process is fair. And then whether you're a Republican, a Democrat, a Libertarian, doesn't matter that we really want people to have confidence yeah. in the work that our office does. Um, our mission in the clerk's office is to serve our community in a way that builds trust in government. And it's not just trust in the clerk's office, but trust in the county right. and trust in, you know, when we have elections, um, it's a transition of power often afterwards. And we want people to have confidence uh, in whoever was elected, whether they voted for that person or not. We want them to say, yeah, this person was rightfully, mm -hmm. you know, has the role and will serve until whenever the next election comes. And um, I think uh, working with you guys, uh, hopefully I've been able to demonstrate that. Um, and been, yeah. you know, really willing to work the Democratic Party, Republican Party, everybody. And I think this year has been great where we've actually had some partnerships like recruitment of poll workers yeah. where we've collectively worked across party lines. And I really appreciate your partnership uh, as we do that. So yeah. uh, just want to acknowledge that yeah. for no, your listeners. Thank you, that thank you for that. Because we just want to also acknowledge that um, we really appreciate how easy it is to work um, with you and your office. Because um, mm -hmm. obviously, as you can imagine, we have some struggles working with some government entities that are not uh you know run by democrats and which is most here <laughs> so, but it's it's you know it's a positive experience and Absolutely. we have a we have a common goal so yeah yeah we agree yeah well thank you and so kind of shifting to the special session Lindsay, that you asked about mm -hmm. so i was right in the center of the special session i think you guys know that it's i always have described to people i was kind of like in the eye of the storm uh, some of the theatrics going on, I really wasn't involved in, but they were swirling all around me. Uh, um, most of the legislation during the special session related to elections. Uh, liability got a lot of attention, kind of, you know, the interaction between the public and the police and everything got a lot of attention, but elections really was at the forefront and one of the first topics put forward by Governor Little. Um, we're very, as clerks across the state, there were two pieces where unanimously all of the elected clerks, regardless of party, were asking for support and assistance in order to be able to pull off the November election. And uh, so I'm very appreciative that the governor was willing to go out on a limb and call in the session and that the legislators, especially the state affairs, you know, uh, Chairwoman Lodge and Chairman Harris uh, really played a key role in getting us some of the key support that we needed for the November election. And so um, one of our pieces went through and it's probably the one we needed the most. So that we're thankful for that one didn't, you know, that I think would have made it more convenient for voters coming up on election day. Um, uh, but we got through it and it was a more eventful special session than I would have imagined. Um, but it did give us some tools in terms of specifically how we're going to handle the huge influx of absentee ballots right. that we're facing for this election. That's a great, you're, you're leading me into my segues. It's perfect. <laughs> It's uh, like this was rehearsed or something. <laughs> um, we have pulled numbers on our end and seeing about a 400% increase in absentee ballots statewide versus 2018. Um, so, you know, a lot of people are going to be doing it. The numbers are only going to get higher um, with, you know, over 29 days, I think, left to request a ballot on the day that we're recording this. So when do ballots start going out? Um, this, I guess you can speak to Ada County. We know that ballots are kind of going out around the state at different times, but Ada County specifically, when are when are you expecting to have those hit? Yeah, so you know, I can probably you and I have had this conversation. Yeah. So for Ada County, we've mailed out our military overseas ballots. That's you know not going to impact most likely people listening here. Um, but on September 30th, we will mail out the local ballots. Um, we're going to mail out, I think it's 115,000. 
uh, this goes to your 400% increase. Yeah. I mean, already that's that first mailing, just one day's mail will be, you know, in 2016 during the presidential election, we mailed 29,000 or <laughs> we received 29,000 in total. I mean, so to go to 115 wow. for one day is right. crazy. Yeah. Um, clerk's offices, some have already started mailing some of theirs. The deadline for all of the offices around the state is October 5th to mail out those ballots. I expect locally though, most people will start seeing them in their mailbox on October 3rd and October 5th. So kind of that weekend there will be when people, you know, I've had some people approach me recently and it's like, check your mailbox that weekend. That's when you should see your ballot finally arrive. I know there's a lot of anxiety about getting the ballots because people are really anxious to vote. I'm sure a lot of your listeners (laughs) are among those people. But the ballots are coming and there will be ample time to get your ballot and vote it and get it back to us. Great. And we've also been hearing some folks who, uh, because of what's going on with the Postal Service and um, some words coming out of some people in the executive branch at the national level, you know, that mail-in voting is, they're calling it into question a little bit, even though uh, we know, you and I and everybody involved here internally that work in this daily, that mail-in voting is pretty secure and very, you know, it's it's just another avenue to vote. But say you don't want to fill out your absentee ballot, even though you've requested it, what can you go do now if you want to go vote in person can you are you still allowed to go do that yeah i'll answer that but first i think you touched on a really important thing for this election there's this huge national conversation and so certainly when the president tweets something that stirs up a lot of activity but there's other people weighing in and different outlets um and so while we're certainly a part of that i think you guys recognize and i just want to highlight we are here in idaho Idaho has some very good election laws in terms of the opportunity to, you know, whether it's same day register, to vote early, to no excuse absentees. Um, And some of our business practices actually fit really well for this. So for example, postage, um, all of the clerk's offices throughout the state use first class postage for ballots. Other states use bulk, we don't, we haven't Mm -hmm. before, we're not going to this time. And um, we've reached out to the local, post office, so at the distribution center here in Boise, and everyone, including them, feel confident that we are able to mail the ballots and keep them moving timely here locally throughout the state of Idaho. You know, I can't speak to what will happen in other states, and people may be watching this election closely across the country, and Mm -hmm. we'll hear talk like you mentioned, Um, but locally, we really are working very hard, and it's a close partnership with the Postal Service and us uh, to be able to do that. you know, we are, that said, uh, we're part of that conversation. So we're adjusting to these circumstances is mm-hmm. what you alluded to. So for example, here in Ada County, we are adding additional drop boxes. So for someone who gets their ballot and isn't sure about sticking into the mail for timeliness or any other reason, we'll have drop boxes available. And as you asked, Jesse, if someone gets and they've requested it, let's say back in May, and now they get their absentee ballot and they decide, no, I changed my mind. I really want to go to my polling place. They can do that. Um, uh, any voter can go ahead, and this is true for every county, and go ahead and go to their polling place. The poll workers at the locations know that you've requested a ballot, but they also know whether or not you've returned it. So so long as a voter has not returned that ballot, um, they will be issued a new ballot at the polls and can vote at the polls. The, the key thing here in protecting the integrity election is don't try to vote twice. Right. Uh, we will catch that you are trying to vote <laughs> twice, uh, and it's just better for you and for us to not have that conversation after the election. Right. Um, we are networked in terms of making sure the security of the process is maintained throughout for everybody involved. Um, but if someone changes their mind or say they lose their ballot or mm-hmm. just circumstances change, 
yes, they can still vote either early at one of our early voting locations or at the polls. Sure. And something that we are trying to avoid, and I'm sure you are trying to avoid at all costs, we're all trying to do as much education as we possibly can on how to fill out an absentee ballot, how to sign it properly, um, where to send it, where to drop it off, you know, stuff like that. But there are scenarios where a ballot might, somebody might forget to sign it and Mm -hmm. they therefore wouldn't be counted, but there is a process to go about fixing it. So could you talk about just briefly, you know, why a ballot would be rejected and then how a voter might go about fixing that scenario situation? Yeah. So if you're voting absentee and you'll see this in bright red letters on the return envelope, the number one thing is make sure to sign your ballot. Make sure the envelope that you're signing has your name on it, not, you know, your roommate or your spouse's name on it because we see that happen. Mm -hmm. But sign yours and return just your ballot. You can only have one ballot in a returned envelope, not more than one. Um, but make sure you sign it. The number one issue why we end up rejecting any absentee ballots to come back is people didn't sign them. So looking back at the May election where we all voted via absentee, uh, 75% of the rejections were because they didn't have a signature. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about rejection, that's number one. Now, to your question, whenever we get those, and especially if someone returns it earlier, we try to reach out to the voter so that they can come into our office and sign it and still have that counted. But that signature is key because we use that as a verification tool to make mm-hmm. sure the person voting is the person they say they are, where we do the signature comparison to their registration card or driver's license record. I think on that, you know, we've had questions, and I'm sure some of your listeners mm-hmm. have them about, well, how do I sign my name? And uh, whether you know you sign your name as John Doe or Jonathan Doe or J Doe, all of those will count. It's not, it doesn't need to match perfectly exactly how you had it on your registration card. We're we're checking your handwriting and the signatures, and people's signatures are more consistent than they think they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do try to work and contact voters to to cure or rectify the situation if we can. The challenges if we get to election day and you drop off your ballot there's no time left after that like the votes voting ends at eight o'clock on election day here in the state of idaho whether you're at the polls or be absentee and that's one of the key things so um number one if you make sure to sign it you're pretty you're good um i think just uh maybe i don't know if this will ease concerns or not but we only rejected 0.6% of ballots. So over 99% of ballots were accepted on the front end. It's just a small fraction. And if we see things like where they don't match or other issues that come up, we do try to reach the voters as well. Part of that is to see if we can't fix the situation, but it's also part of our efforts in terms of preventing fraud, Mm -hmm. right? Like if we really think something's up, we want to call and say, hey, Lindsay, did you sign your ballot? And she's like, what are you talking about? I didn't vote a ballot, right? That opens up an opportunity for us to look into any potential fraud. Great. Gotcha. Good. Well, yeah, the takeaway here is to make sure you sign your ballot. Yeah. <laughs> and the, your, the and short, your ballot. The, the, the most important thing, I, people get concerned, it was good, we got some public records requests after May about sure. you know, rumors that tons of ballots were, were rejected. I think a, a, an important distinction, when we check signatures on petitions, the rejection rate is way higher. It's close to 50% on petitions. And the reason there is not because signatures don't match. That part is pretty much the same. The reason is tons of people sign petitions and they're not registered to vote. Mm -hmm. They haven't updated the registration. They don't live in the area that the petition's for. So so I've I've seen in this cycle confusion between that process versus absentees Mm -hmm. where the rate is much lower because really we're just checking the, the authenticity of the signature. Yeah, that's definitely an important distinction. 
Um, so something else that we've been hearing about uh, is some counties are seeing some consolidation of polling locations um, and that's kind of concerning some folks. So mm -hmm. is this legal and I mean, how much is this happening and why, I guess? Yeah, uh, great question. Let me answer the first one because this is the easiest of the questions. <laughs> mm -hmm. Is it legal? Yes. Okay. It's absolutely legal. This is one of the things, you know, we touched on the special session earlier. The bill that didn't pass the special session related to polling locations, mm -hmm. um, and it was us trying to make voting more convenient to the, the concept was vote center. So all it would mean is regular polling place, but you could go to any polling location. You didn't have to go to your specific one. If you were near the grocery store and there was a vote here sign, you could just vote there or if you're near work. Um, I think it got confused in this conversation during all of that about consolidation of places. It's There's always been some uh, form of polling places being consolidated here in Ada County. We always have some where they share multiple precincts share a single location. And it's just because finding locations is difficult. So under normal circumstances, let's set COVID aside. It's a challenge to find, especially in residential areas, um, places to vote. Mm -hmm. uh, and then this year we add on some really unique layers that we talked about finding poll workers, uh, which, you know, we can talk about that piece too. Uh, and then finding suitable places to vote, whether that means, you know, having enough space for social distancing or, um, many of our polling places are private facilities, and some of those facilities uh, we're contending that with us here locally just don't don't want mm -hmm. that many people coming through. You know, like they're trying to protect their employees or trying to protect whatever. Or, you know, we've had this is a really in interesting intersection of two different issues. Is we've had uh, some places fall through because the place said, sure, you can vote here, but if you vote here. Uh, it's mandatory that everybody wears a mask and that they get a temperature check before entering the facility. Uh, in this national conversation, now we have this the collision between your voting rights and the public health concerns, right? And I'm pretty sure if we go to court, like on election day, if we turn someone away because they won't wear a mask and won't have their temperature checked, we're now disenfranchising them right. uh, over this other concern. And I, I don't know that it, I'm pretty confident it would not hold them in court. So we are strongly encouraging voters to wear masks. We are requiring all the poll workers to do it to keep everyone safe. Um, but it's it's adding extra challenges for polling places. I will say here in Ada County, um, I know that right now we're right in the finishing phases, but we'll have 135 of our uh polling locations. So we are having to co-locate some of them, but generally speaking, not that many have had to be distilled down. Um, whereas I think you're asking because in some of the other parts of the state, there are clerk's offices who are doing it much more significantly mm -hmm. than that. Right. Um, I'm not, I can't really speak for them, but I know there's a lot of unique challenges this election that everyone's trying to juggle. And I, you know, I will say that I'm pretty confident every clerk's trying to do the best they can with the resources they've got. Um, hopefully it won't be too disruptive because this, I, what I can say is I anticipate really high turnout this election because there seems to be a lot of attention and energy leading into it. And so mm. we're going to need spaces for people to vote. Right. Absolutely. I think the first like four or so elections that I voted in was at a, there was like 10 or 12 of them in a, um, in a fair building in Lewiston. So mm. it's something yeah. that I've, I've grown up around and I'm like, yeah, I get it. Everybody just comes into this one place, but you know, I think mm -hmm. that going, there have been some significant drop-offs in other places, but 
again, we have lots of time now to educate folks to request absentee ballots to vote early. And then if they do need to go vote in person that, um, you know, unfortunately it's less places, but there's still an option for you to do that. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I do believe most offices throughout the state are going to have many of their regular polling locations, but just from the chatter among the various clerks around the state. Uh, but I do know there are some instances where it's being more consolidated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And you mentioned poll workers. So I wanted to touch on that a little bit too. Um, do you have enough poll workers now here in Ada County? Because I know that there was a push to have us and the Republican Party and other groups uh, try to recruit more poll workers. So how has that gone? And um, yeah, will, will there be enough? Yeah, so uh, great question. And I'll start off by just saying thank you. Uh, thank you to the Idaho Democratic Party for participating with the Idaho Republican Party to do that push for poll workers at the beginning of September. Um, what I'm happy to report is, fortunately, we've been overwhelmed by the response. Great. We have way awesome. more poll workers than we have places to put polls to put poll workers in. <laughs> um, and, and we've even gotten, I mean, you guys might find this entertaining. We got responses. I think we got about a dozen of them from Seattle Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. because they don't have polling locations in Washington. They mm-hmm. only vote by mail. And so people saying, I'll jump in my RV and come down oh. and help you out. That's awesome. uh, thankfully, we have enough people locally that we're going to be just fine. You don't uh, have to go out of state. Huge... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've had a huge outpouring of people willing to step up. So we're in the process right now of communicating with everyone who's reached out in case you have some folks who say, wait, I signed up. I haven't heard anything. We're right now working on that and getting the information out about training and trying to get people placed. Um, I think one of the things just for your podcast too, there's an important distinction. Like we appreciate and uh, we need people to step up and serve at the polls. Um, but you guys are super politically active, politically engaged, and there's mm-hmm. you know people who want to make sure that Biden wins or whatever. If someone's very passionate, like they should get engaged with the Idaho Democratic Party and they should go help those candidates and work hard. And I've s- said the same thing to the Republicans. Like at the polls, it is a position of largely neutrality, mm-hmm. right? Like we're mm-hmm. trying to make the process go smoothly, and someone can't take off their, you know, whether it's their red or blue jersey for the day, like they should probably be, whether they want to be a poll watcher or go out and get out the vote, like there are roles for those folks. But if someone's like, you know, that's not my cup of tea, but I really care about this election, like serving as a poll worker is an awesome opportunity to come make it possible for everybody to have their voice heard. And so we appreciate so many people stepping up. Uh, But I just want to make that distinction too, because like there's different roles for different folks in this whole process. Yeah. It's a, you know, we're a big ecosystem all working together uh, leading up mm-hmm. to the election. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So I think the the cherry on top of the Sunday, the biggest question that I think a lot of folks are going to have is when do you expect us to have final election results? Yeah, great question. <laughs> I know everyone's going to be watching. So there's two levels to that answer locally. I think it's going to be largely like it has been in the past for a presidential election. And what I mean by that is um, it will probably be Wednesday morning uh, that we'll have final results. Specifically, I do anticipate, um, while we've been better at it as of late, Ada County will be one of the last ones to report just because of our volume. Sure. We're so much larger. You know, I, I don't know that most people realize, but Ada County is three times the size of Canyon County, <laughs> uh, which is the next largest. So Jeez. we're just dealing in numbers. <laughs> Right. And what we experienced in the May election is all those last minute absentees that come in. That's the part that's going to take us a long time mm-hmm. because we still have to receive them, check the signatures, open them, scan them. And, uh, you know, we got 16,000 back just on the last day in May. Wow. I'm sure that number will go much larger. Right. And 
when you have that many pieces of paper, it's just it just takes time. Um, but every presidential election I've been in, I've been you know working long, long days to mm-hmm. get it wrapped up. This will be no different. But the one of the changes we made in the special session allows us to process those absentees leading up to election day, and right. that's huge. So we will actually, there will the first result reporting will actually be very large. It'll be a huge number of those absentees that we've already gotten ready and that are ready to be tabulated on election night. Uh, and then there will be getting the polling places in and then those last minute absentees will kind of be how the process works. So in Idaho, and I, I'm pretty confident I can speak across the whole state, uh, Wednesday morning we'll all know the outcomes, whether you're watching the presidential race here or you know I'm sure you guys watching some of the legislative races right or county races that mm-hmm. that's probably where a lot more of the local attention will be um uh, we'll know those and then on a national level unfortunately <laughs> i do think we it will be a while hopefully the the battleground states are adjusting like we are you know it took a special session to tweak our rules mm-hmm. Had we not had that special session it would have been up to a week later here in idaho uh and so that special session really is huge to Mm -mm. us getting the results out (laughs) Um, but you know you look at new york state it took six weeks to get results after their primary election in new york and that was a much lower turnout than what we'll see in november i just hope other states are adjusting accordingly so that it can go smoothly but i i feel blessed not to be in a battleground state right now because this is a hard enough election i cannot imagine doing it in one of those really competitive areas where there will be you know teams of lawyers from all across the country oh yeah uh, landing to watch what's going on. Uh, so yeah. thankfully, we have a pretty good system here. We all have a pretty good working relationship with each other. Yeah, I'm I'm thankful personally. I worked yeah. um, I worked in Arizona in 2018, and and Phoenix took mm-hmm. the the results took a week before we knew who won the U.S. Senate race in Arizona, and it was just a week of us just kind of sitting around waiting, waiting. just waiting. <laughs> um, you know, waking up. Is it going to be today? No, it's not today. Oof. So, yeah. I mean, more power to you all. And the, the special session, as you mentioned, couldn't have been, uh, you know, at least for this in, for this situation, more helpful because you're able to start counting, or, you know, not counting, but processing ballots seven days before the election day. So right. that's, that's yeah, really I th- good. I, you, you touched on one of the hardest parts. Like everyone's so used to be working so hard and so busy that now you're just kind of <laughs> idle and it's like yeah. it just creates anxiety and just like, Oh, yeah. You want to do something, even though it, mm-hmm. you know, the votes have been cast. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, I think that's going to be one of the hard parts. I, I, I hope it goes smoothly, but certainly this year, like everything else, this has been an unprecedented <laughs> year. Right. Yeah. So, the election results are going to be no different. Yeah. yeah. Well, totally. anything else for us, Phil, that you want to pass on to the, the listeners in Idaho? Yeah, you know, I just encourage everybody to get out, uh, vote. Um, right now is a really great time if you haven't update your registration or just check to make sure you are currently registered. Um, Idaho's great because we have same-day registration, but I can speak for me and all my colleagues. I would prefer you don't take advantage <laughs> of same-day registration and instead get registered now in advance of the election. Mm-hmm. It will help you, it will help us, and make the process go smoother. Um, IdahoVotes.gov is a great resource to request an absentee ballot, update your registration, or you can check the status of your ballot along the way. Um, so um, please know, and I, you know, I know we have a lot of partisan politics that will be playing out over uh, the next 40 days, mm-hmm. um, but know that we really are committed to making sure that the election goes smoothly, and there's a lot of passionate people just trying to make sure that this is fair and that everyone has their voice regardless of uh, their political stripe that everyone can have confidence in the election. And so I'm committed to that. I know my crew is committed to that. Uh, and so just get out and vote. 
this is your opportunity. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Phil. Hey, thanks for being here, Phil. Stay safe, and uh, we'll we'll chat soon. I'm sure. Yeah. Thank you guys for the opportunity. It's great to chat with both of you. Thanks. You Good to chat with you too. See you, Have Phil. a good day. Bye. Bye. And that's a wrap for today's episode with Phil McGrain, Ada County Clerk, talking about elections. We're really thankful that he decided to join us today. Yeah, it was a, a good good time to be able to bring him on and talk about elections. We're receiving so many questions about it. It's just nice to be able to have somebody who is in charge of running elections answer all those questions. Yeah. Um, if you do have any other questions about elections, please feel free to um, reach out to us on social media. We'll be happy to you know, get them answered from us, from what we know and what we've gathered, and then happy to, you know, make connections and reach out to folks like Phil who can answer them even better for us. So yeah, I'm happy to do that. And you still have time as you're listening to this episode, hopefully, if it's before October 23rd, to request an absentee ballot. So if you're looking to do that and you want to vote absentee, head to idahovotes.gov, G-O-V, and you can request an absentee ballot, update your registration as phil mentioned and figure out you know where to go to vote you can also go to iwillvote.com that is um, a great resource to make a plan to vote um, if you're going to go vote in person so yeah the biggest takeaway is i mean we get a lot of questions like when's the deadline for this one's just do it like it's important to know the deadline of course but please just do it as soon as possible (laughs) request your ballot now make sure you're registered now um you don't want to i mean it's awesome that we have same day registration as phil mentioned uh it's honestly just way better to get it done beforehand check your registration online so you don't have to wait till you get to the polls um i promise it will not be um you will not find many empty or uh, sparsely populated polling locations on election day this year if you're in line trying to register when there's all these people it's not going to be fun so just try to do it all ahead of time request your ballot send it in as soon as you get it if you're voting absentee yeah Yeah. just you know be on top of it do not forget to sign your absentee do not that is that is (laughs) probably the (laughs) probably the name of this episode sign your absentee a lot of people are voting absentee for the first time and a lot of people might forget to sign their envelopes so don't be one of those people right Well, there we go. That's today's episode. We're super happy to have Phil here. The first Republican on the Idaho Democratic Politics Podcast. First Republican. Hopefully more to come that will switch to our side. There you go. (laughs) Or at least vote (laughs) on our side. (laughs) All right. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Thanks, everybody.